About a year ago, I started recording this podcast. I started it not really knowing, actually not having any idea what it would be about or where it would go. And though I started it with some type of idea, some concept, it was vague and it was based on the name. And I started in in the first few episodes, in the first ten episodes or so. I ended up letting that concept go. Because in the first ten episodes, it, it was more scripted. And then I started to realize that I could speak without a script, something that I had never done in my life not even in a conversation. It seemed like everything in my life, every moment and interaction was some sort of rehearsal, always preparing in my mind, always thinking about what I was going to say and who I was going to be. Then somehow the idea for this podcast came and it came through this concept which ultimately fell away because in it I found a deeper truth. In my expression, I found a deeper truth. And I would notice that when I would speak, I experienced a sort of a a journey, a, a progression of of some sort where even early on I would I would notice that the way that I would speak is is that I would follow the next word that would come to mind. And if I didn't because because of some resistance that I had to using that word, maybe because I had just used it in the sentence before, maybe because I didn't even know the meaning of it fully, or maybe because I didn't even know that that was the the appropriate word for what I was trying to convey. If for any reason I didn't use that word, I would get stuck. And I would pause while speaking, and it was like I lost the entire train of thought. And I gradually noticed this over several episodes, maybe more than several, where it finally came to me that uh, I even was able to let go of this resistance and any attachment I had to using any particular word. And in speaking as much as I have on this podcast, I've been able to let go of a lot of resistance, maybe even most of the resistance that, you know, when I speak or any fear that I have of what I might say or how I might say it or what might come out or what I might be ashamed of or 
I just allow. And I allow myself to be everything by allowing exactly what comes through me and even allowing the particular resistances and sensitivities to um, specific and unique things. And those play out and they work themselves out and they fade themselves out. And I've been utterly and extremely grateful for this opportunity because it has helped me to it has given me a it has given a way for all these resistances to to play out and then disappear and not exist here anymore and in all this speaking and coming forth with whatever and anything and everything I've managed to release so much judgment of anything that comes through me which is just everything I've let go of so much judgment that comes from the ego. I've let go of so much identification because this outlet has given me a platform in which I've been able to express and then in my expression witness how much I was identified with certain things, labels, attachments, relationships, people, ideas, religious beliefs, beliefs, thoughts, mental conditions, mental disorders, the importance I placed on routine and beating myself for not following a routine I really got to see the importance that I place and, and the belief that I have in so many thoughts through this podcast. And I never knew that this podcast would serve as all of these things for me. I hope they have allowed you to see some things in yourself too. I've known for quite some time that our own awakening is not just for ourselves, it's for the entire world. Our own truth, our own journey is not just for ourselves. is for those even that we don't even know will exist. Those who currently exist now and those yet to come alive. 
I don't know how this podcast came about. I have some mental idea, but I don't know how the universe brought this into my life and, and how it deemed it for me as an expression of the truth and a self-inquiry and a self-discovery and something that furthered my understanding and confirmed my truth. I have no idea. I've been able to see so many things about myself and I would often compare this to writing. What I did 10 years prior to this, started doing 10 years prior to this podcast. And the amount of insight that I was able to gain about myself through writing really saved my life. It saved my life back then. It saved my life for all of the times that it did, that I used it, that I went to it, that I showed up for it. And this podcast equally, though I've only done it for a year, has also saved my life. And it's come to me at the, at the time of the greatest discovery in my life. I've gone through so many stages battling with my mind because I simply didn't know that what I was battling was the mind. I took it to be fact. I took it to be truth. Until one day I experienced a state of no mind. It was just emptiness. There were no thoughts there. Nothing that I would think or believe outside of that experience. They weren't present there. And even if they came to visit, they seemed so, so far away, like they couldn't touch me. And it was in that moment, perhaps, that I knew that those weren't real, that those thoughts and beliefs, that even that I had evolved and combed through and sorted and, and handpicked, and even those weren't the ultimate truth. because they don't exist here. And this podcast allows me to experience here, this moment being fully present. I remember 
through the difficult episodes earlier in this podcast that I would often have triggers when I would speak and I would just keep going. I knew that I was just supposed to keep going and I would not give them as much attention and just try to follow the next word that would come to me. Now there are no triggers. Now there are no next words. And I still don't know where any of it comes from. I neither think, nor prepare, nor plan what I'm going to speak about. Even when the thought comes to mind when I hear something or I listen to something. And I imagine saying that or starting a podcast episode with that. I leave that too. Because I know that it's not true. Because I know that that when I show up here, the best way that it will be is authentically in the moment. In the moment, I don't have anything to say. I'm not thinking. I'm not planning. I'm not reminiscing. I'm just fully here. And the rest, I don't know. I can't explain. This podcast has served so many things for me. It's allowed me to grow and, and mature in a way internally that I never knew was possible. It's allowed me to confirm my true place. Something I didn't even know of until the the duration of of this podcast so far, which has been the last year, when I made this discovery. And I have a feeling that this podcast somehow expedited this, this process of finding this, to, this truth, this ultimate truth that we all are. I showed up here at the beginning with a lot of discomfort but like so many other things in my life and in my writing and in my relationships something in me told me to follow the discomfort and I did that was my form of wanting higher good for myself. Then that evolved into somehow discovering higher and higher truth. It wasn't even about the discomfort anymore because the discomfort was just a sensation and that passed as well. 
the triggers and bodily sensations, they all passed. Then it became something else. Then it became just about the space. And what happens here? What occurs in the non-happening? And for that I have no words. It's nothing that I can even describe. I just speak and the rest I don't know. If there's anything that I've learned from doing this podcast, it is to oust the mind. It is to tell the truth. It is to allow everything and anything that may come through you because you must be okay with it. You must be okay with who you are. And if you aren't, then who you are presents all of these things that if you resist, you will continue to judge and never overcome. And so your person is the perfect concoction for the remedy that you need to transcend your egoic judgment. All of your particular sensitivities and resistances and beliefs and likes and dislikes and attachments and all of these things will come through you. They will present themselves and you will have the chance if you are seeking you will have the chance to expose them and bring them to the light. Sometimes it just needs to be revealed to you and then you are able to discern that that is not the truth and you can let it go. Other times you may need to expose the truth publicly or to the very person that you lied to. There really is no right or wrong. It really just comes down to the moment and what feels right for you. There's no recipe for the truth. It's not something that can be found or felt in the mind. It's led solely by the heart. Because it is found solely in the heart. It comes from our earnestness and openness and desire for good, desire for better, desire for freedom, desire to be free of suffering. And often 
when life becomes unbearable for you, then that is a gift and an opportunity to discover a deeper truth. And very often, life will create circumstances to snap you out of your mind, to shatter your ego. And when it does, say thank you. Thank you. Because who I was before was not the truth. It was an illusion. My identity, I'm glad it's gone because it was the greatest illusion. I was bound and I didn't even know it. I couldn't even see it. It took everything leaving me for me to be able to see me, me without any of it, me without anything, me without anybody. And when I got to see me, I was able to see the truth in everybody. It is all the same. Those identities now, when I see them, don't touch me. They don't affect me because I know they're just on the surface. They're superficial. The plays and expressions of the mind, the conversation of the mind, they're on the surface level. But you know, something in me my entire life always knew that there was more. And something in me was already there internally, even as a child. Even as a child, I remember a voice that was speaking to me it was myself or something, some voice within me. When my dad died that very day, when my uncle broke the news to my sister and I, Grace carried me through that day. I didn't suffer. In the days before, Grace also carried me. When I saw my father ill and shivering in his hospital bed, Grace carried me. When I saw him in a wheelchair and he came home for a week just to spend his last week with his family and I had no idea I thought he was better Grace carried me I never suffered I never suffered until until after he died when the reality of the environment at home and I guess my mind kicked in and Grace still carried me but there was something that I was meant to discover 
But this deepness, this heart has always been intact my whole life. This truth has always been with me my whole life. And so I've never been without it. It's a blessing and just a miracle now that I've been able to rediscover it because there was a period in the middle of my life where it felt like I was without it, where it felt like I was lost, where it was felt like like I was not there, not here, not going anywhere, hopeless and helpless and despair. And all of that was meant to bring me back here and discover this in a way that I never had, even as a child. Maybe as a child I intuitively knew it, but now as an adult, to consciously know this and to have experienced it, the gift of undivided presence, my own, you will never understand full presence until you experience it. It doesn't matter if the world gives it to you. You can't understand it without being it. And though my best friend would always give me his undivided presence, I still never understood it, never felt it, because I wasn't fully present myself. I was never present. My mind kicked in for a good part of my life, and it was strong, and it was, I identified with it, it was very strong, really strong, and many of you listening now may relate, and maybe we all experience a mind that is at least strong some of the time. It feels like it won't let go. It won't stop. It won't leave us alone. But it's not actually the mind. It is our belief in the very thought that keeps replaying. It is our feeding of the food that it continues to prepare and serve. It does not exist without us, yet we exist without this mind. There is no it without us giving our attention to it, without our interest in it, without our playing with it. It will continue to play. That's what it does. That's its job. But if we are not interested, then it will fade away. And if we, are, if we see 
ourselves as not the mind, then it will continue to lose its power. The tricky thing is, and I think what this life is for making this discovery, is discovering all the ways in which the mind plays. Every day it seems like some, some belief that I was taking to be the truth was actually a figment of the mind. Something that I was taking to be fact was actually the fiction of the mind. And everything is, if you think about it, because in the emptiness nothing exists. Not even a thought. So all thought and all expression only exists in the mind. And all of that is fine. But where you really come to see that is in the thoughts and beliefs and experiences that you are attached to. Because those you feed. And when you recognize that the mind is just the mind and you are not the mind. If you know that, then and that's one step. All the other delusions that you are currently under the spell of will be revealed to you if you are on the path to freedom. If you seek freedom from the mind. All of those thoughts and beliefs are fine. They all exist in the play of the mind. But where you really start to pay attention is to the thoughts and beliefs and experiences that you are attached to, the ones you give meaning to and keep alive, the ones you can't be without because they fill some sort of lack or void in your personhood. Some scarcity in your identity and that thought or belief is you are using to fill that void in your identity. And so if you can see that the, the thought, the belief is a thought and then the person that it's also filling is a thought because you are not your person. So both of these play within the realm of the of the infinite. Both of these are seen. I can see my insecurity and I can see the thought that I'm using to fill it. The thought that is filling it. I can see both of these I can see my insecurity and I can see the person who is insecure and I can see the thought that is being used to fill the person who is insecure. And most of the thoughts that play out in our mind are of this nature. 
But if you can see both of these, then neither of these have to stay. All thoughts and expressions and feelings and experiences, everything comes and goes. But it's interesting to see which ones you pay attention to. Because the ones you pay attention to are often the ones that you are attached to because you give them some sort of meaning. And often that meaning is you are using that thought to fill some sort of insecurity in your personal identity, in your personhood. And in doing this podcast, I've discovered that it's not necessary to go deep into and analyze a thought and then also analyze the person who is feeling insecure and try to revisit all their childhood trauma. It's not necessary. I think, if anything, that that delving has perpetuated that identity for me. Now there is just residual identity, residual insecurity, both of which can be seen. But when it is seen, it's seen just enough to identify it and then move on. If you oversee it, if you see it too much, if you pay it too much attention, then that also perpetuates it. It feeds it. And so the thing that I have found that has helped me the most is to observe it just enough to know that it's there and let it go, move on. And in this way, many insecurities lose their power. It begins with the knowing that they are not the truth. And then the thoughts will still come, but then as you observe the thoughts, they will lose their power gradually as you pay less and less and less attention to them. The tricky part for me has been really understanding which experiences that I've had are delusions, illusions, creations of my mind, because I think so much of what I've believed in my life and identified with I thought to be truth, starting from very early on, my religion, um, then my experience with my appearance, then my relationship and what I felt and experienced there. Each of these things and all of my experiences really, especially the ones that I was attached to, really holding on to, I felt like I was. I felt like they were, they were the truth. I felt like my experience was the truth, that I believed in it so strongly and I couldn't even, I couldn't even have a conversation with my best friend about religion without feeling offended. I defended these things because I was so attached to them and then it took my relationship breaking apart 
for me to then see truly how much how much I cared about what people thought about me. And that drove me into the deepest truth. It drove me into and led me right into the true self. And I'm grateful because that was my last attachment in this life. And it took the removal of that for me to truly see me. And I would do it all over again. And I would go on this journey a trillion times. I would go on it infinitely just because of what it has allowed me to discover. It's been painstakingly beautiful but a little bit of pain is good. And sometimes a lot of pain is exactly what you need. It's exactly what cracks your mind open so that there is a shattering of who you thought you were. You get to see your mind and then you get to see that everything that was there wasn't the truth. It was your heart that was true. It is only your heart that is true. And so from where you are living in your head, you now approach each moment in your heart, from your heart, the most beautiful discovery. There is nothing like this. There is no life that is worth living from any place but this. But each individual has their own journey coming home, coming back home to the place that we already are. And sometimes you need to live in your head for quite a while, maybe. Sometimes you need to experience personal identity and attachment and material things and luxuries and comforts and to then be able to discern what is actually true. In life, I've really fallen in love with the simple things. In the year that I've been doing this podcast, I have grown a an extreme appreciation just for simplicity and that simplicity was that appreciation for simplicity was growing every day until it became nothing an appreciation for nothing for emptiness for just the empty space and I experience this when I'm fully present. And having tasted this, I only want this. I only want to experience this in my life.
And I think that and I'm grateful for all the years of my life that I wasn't able to be present because that contrast has allowed me to know what presence is now and it's also given me a wild appreciation for it. I don't think I would have ever appreciated it even half as much as I do today without that time in my life where I wasn't present. It's been the most beautiful awakening and the most beautiful journey and it just shows me never to lose hope and, and to always trust. To always, always trust. Because my life has worked out better for me than I could ever plan for me, that I could even imagine for me, that I never even imagined nor even knew that this presence existed until I experienced it myself and the way in which I came to experience it was after I had already experienced so much contrast that it just seemed like the perfect next step. And it came without even my knowing of its existence. It didn't come on my own time. But it came in perfect timing. It came in divine timing. And this presence has revealed so many things to me. First, that I'm always here. Second, this presence has no mind in it. There's no activity of the mind as I speak. And I say as I speak because I'm fully present when I podcast now, which is a true blessing. But even when I don't podcast and I experience full presence, there's no mental activity. So there's no mind in, in complete, ultimate presence. The third thing that this presence has allowed me to discover is trust. Because all of the things that I was identifying with and attached to and believed in because I needed to, because I needed to have some sort of plan for the next moment or for life or for my relationship or for my family or for my work or for anything. This presence actually contains a trust within itself. It's, it's just synonymous with the presence. Body just moves according to some sort of natural flow or rhythm. Without your mind's involvement, you're not thinking about what's the next thing you're going to do, but you kind of just do it. And having experienced that, I mean, I just want my whole life to be like that. And if it isn't, in those times that it isn't, that's a joy too. Because it brings me back here. It reminds me of this truth. It just becomes a joy to come back here 
It's a joy every time you go back home, isn't it? That place that you've always known. You've been there all along. There's a part of you that's that could never leave. That was there all along. Home. We're all just walking each other home. We're all just coming home. We're all just coming back home. This podcast has been one of the greatest blessings in my life, and I don't exactly know um, how it came to be in my life. Although, however it did, was also some miracle of the universe. Something orchestrated through my mind before it, before I started, and it hit me in the heart. It hit me so deep in the heart that I was never the same. And all ideas and concepts and even the idea I had for this podcast and everything just dropped. They all faded away because they weren't important. My best friend would always talk about the difference maker and not spending your time on things that don't make a difference. And I realized in my life even that so many things, so many thoughts are just delusions and they really don't make a difference. It's only my belief in them. And my belief spurs from some insecurity that I'm trying to fill in my personal identity but other than other than that, without the without the personal identity, I wouldn't have the insecurity, and then without the insecurity, I wouldn't have the belief, and then I wouldn't have that thought or practice or ritual or attachment or experience or need. I wouldn't have the need for that. It would all of it would just completely vanish. It wouldn't exist. And I've realized that most of my life, most of the thoughts and experiences I have in my mind, the feelings and sensations, 99.9999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999
only existed because of my belief in them. And my belief again came from my person, my insecure, changing, fluctuating, needy, unstable person. My unstable person. She's never the same. She's always changing. And so her thoughts and experiences and beliefs are also also changing. They're always changing. One minute she wants something, the, the next minute she doesn't. One minute she loves somebody, the next minute she's afraid they're going to leave her. One minute she's dreaming about her relationship, the next minute she's questioning her relationship. One minute she thinks about texting her mother-in-law, the next minute she thinks about something horrible about her mother-in-law. She's always changing. One minute she thinks about some insecurity that she has and the next minute she's dreaming about that very person who's involved in the insecurity. She's always changing. One minute she needs something, the, the next minute she doesn't need it. One minute she believes in something, the next minute she doesn't believe it. She's always changing. So it's this identity that, that has played out my entire life. This personhood. This person. She's just a person. She's not the truth of me. And when I recognize that, it creates a lot of space within me. And I can look at her and see all of her thoughts and beliefs and things she identifies with and I know that they're not me. I also know that, 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 I, that I don't need them because I can see them. I can witness them, and I witness her. She's an illusion. And, you know, this human body is an illusion in itself. But I'm okay with this illusion. I, I understand this illusion. I understand that this is just temporary, that one day it's going to leave. But breaking out of the personal identity, that was more difficult. That seemed way more difficult. Breaking out of the illusion of, of the mind and, and her insecurity and her beliefs and her thoughts and that person. She she, breaking out of her mental beliefs and thought patterns and attachments and thought attachments and all the things that she would believe in and cling to because she needed to cling to them to fill her.
I can see those from a space now. And I know that she is not me. And it's taken me a long time to see her, but I think that it was well, well, well worth it. Because I got to see her in a way that maybe I, I never would have if I hadn't been so enraptured in her my entire life. If I hadn't been under her spell my entire life, as much as I was. I'd gone through so many extremes in my life of identification with appearance and attachment to relationship and lies and mistruths and identification with constructs and religious beliefs and outwardly things and it just really any any label or any identity i really had a really strong strong grab a strong hold a very strong hold my grip was very tight on everything that i had believed in and I think it's that strong grip that maybe other people don't even experience. Because my person was so insecure that she had a very strong hold on all of her thoughts and beliefs because that void in her was so empty. So she used them so much to fill her. And I'm grateful for her ultimately because it was her depth of insecurity that truly allowed me to be free. Maybe other people don't experience insecurity and attachment in this way, to this depth even. And when I think about some of the things that I've done and the experiences that I've had and the lives that I've lived that were so, so far from the truth. There's something in me before that would think like, you know, it would, it would have to be this way, it would have had to be this extreme polarity from being so far removed and distorting myself distorting my truth, conforming to any identity, no boundary to the illusion that I was living, no morality, no guidelines, nothing. There was nothing that stopped me, that stopped the illusion from happening. Every day it just grew and I fed it constantly and unconsciously unknowingly because nobody wants that but there is something in me that in the last few years would think you know it's because I lived that way for so long that I'm so in love with the truth today it's like it was all planned out 
and I could have never imagined this for myself. I never imagined the illusion that I was living in the first place because it was just an unconscious spell. And I certainly could have never imagined waking up from it and then now being the truth of it. I am the truth. You are the truth. We are all the truth. And it's only the mind that will deceive us. And this life is for that discovery. It is for the discovery of the ultimate truth, yes. But the way in which you are able to discern is one day after the next, one moment after the next. Each belief and identity and experience and feeling and experience and thought that you clung to will be revealed to you as a mistruth. It will be revealed to you as not the truth. And until then, maybe you will strongly even identify and believe in it without knowing that it is something that is feeding your personhood and that's okay. There's some things in life that are supposed to be that way, that we are supposed to live out an experience like this and that's okay. But if you are earnest, there will come a time in your life where you wake up from the grand delusion. And then each day, each moment, another illusion will be revealed to you. And even as your thoughts and beliefs, even as they evolve, and you continue to choose ones that you think are the truth, even those will fade, even those will drop away, and higher truths will reveal themselves to you, deeper truths will become clear to you. And life is sort of like this, just an unfolding of deeper and deeper truths, until one day you experience ultimate truth, which is no experience, it is just being. It is the experience of being. And it's not actually an experience because it's not something that comes and goes. But it is the thing that remains when everything from your mind has been discarded and nothing can be discarded anymore. It is just the presence that is left. There's no way to describe it or speak of it. We only know what it is not. And what it is not is anything that is appearing and disappearing. Anything that is there one moment and gone the next. Anything that is changing because this is the only thing that is unchanging. In the entire universe. 
in our human form. Everything is changing. The fingernails are growing. The hair is falling. The body may be aging. The heart is beating. All these functions are moving. But there's one thing that never, never stops. It wasn't created before. It didn't come after. It's just always been here. And it is this place that gives birth to all, gives birth to all forms of consciousness, all forms of play, all forms of expression. Everything exists within this infiniteness. And all of these plays are divine. They are just expressions of consciousness. And all of these thoughts are fine. The thing to be careful of and to observe with special attention to is where you are attached to a certain experience or attached to a certain thought or attached to a certain belief. Because these things become your reality. They become the food that you live off of from your mind. They form some sort of relationship with your mind that is not true. Don't have a relationship with your mind. Don't have any kind of relationship. You don't even have a relationship with a divine. It just is. But we form attachments to our minds because, because our mind presents thoughts and beliefs and experiences that feed our personal identity, which is insecure and changing and unstable in its nature. But all of this is okay too because you will wake up to see even this. If your heart seeks truth, then you will see all of these things with the eyes of the divine. You will be able to witness them just as presence you will see that you are not them. Dear God, please replace me with you. Thank you for replacing me with you. I have no place here. There is just you. I see the creations and figments of my mind, of my imagination, 
I see the thoughts and constructs and plays of the divine. I know that even this mind is given to me and is my strongest force to awaken me. My greatest catalyst and my greatest tool of discernment. I thank you so much for it. I thank you so much for the particularities of it, the sensitivities of it, the attachments of it, the insecurities of it, the unstableness of it, the fluctuation of it, the coming and going of it, because it makes me know that it is not the truth, because it is constantly changing, and it is not you. It is not me too. Thank you for each experience that I identified with. Even if it was extremely joyful, I've seen that that too is a creation of the mind. I've seen that there's still something greater in the presence, in the emptiness. in the nothingness. I rest here. I rest here and I thank you for merging me with you, for taking me completely at your feet, for using me indefinitely invaluably and for merging me infinitely. Thank you for my family. Thank you for all who awakened me, who pushed and prodded me towards this truth. Thank you for all the ways in which I still may not recognize you and all the ways in which I still may identify with the mind. I trust and know that those will fade away in time. I thank you for choosing me for I choose you. I thank you for loving me, for I love you. For I don't love because of you. And because of those who you have brought to me, who have been the definition of your truth. Thank you for your children that work through you. Thank you for the infinite love that is you. Thank you for 
being. Thank you for creating. Thank you for this human life and this wonderful, magnanimous, incredible, beyond words, beyond concept, experience of life. For this gift of discovery and discernment is the most precious, the most beautiful, and the one that keeps getting sweeter. You never stop giving, you never stop loving, you never stop revealing nor showing just how beautiful your truth, just how infinite your truth, just how empty your truth. That life is truly the greatest. I say that in this moment, having no experience, no profound experience, no worldly experience, no outerly experience. I sit in my bedroom at your desk, on your mic. In an ordinary chair with a soft gray t-shirt and plain gray shorts. Nothing special. Nothing special my life has been. No special being that I am. Yet you love me and have given me the greatest discovery. No extraordinary life that I've lived or person I've been or human being I've been. Just an ordinary I could have never imagined such a discovery I could have never imagined a greater purpose and intention for this life than that with which I have discovered that you have created hope just to deepen in this every day of my life and anything that may remain I trust you take from me I trust you replace with you
Thank you for everything. I'll see you. I love you. I be you. Thank you.